We thank you that your presence is here today and with us every day as we leave, as we go out, God, that we would just leave this place changed and transformed. We thank you for your freedom today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, Bridge Church. It's so good to be with you. Happy 4th of July. Yes. Everyone looks so good in your festive colors, red, white, and blue. My name is Allie, and I'm the campus director, and it is such an honor to get to share the word with you today. Pastor Landon is on sabbatical for the month of July, and that's... We are so glad that he gets to rest, amen, that our pastor gets time to rest and recoup, and we don't want to hear the same jokes he said at last service every Sunday, right? We want new stories, fresh revelation, so be praying that for him and for Pastor Emily this whole month as they take that time to rest, so we're glad that they get to do that and so thankful for their leadership, and it is such an honor to get to share the word with you today. I'm excited for what God put on my heart and what I want to share with you. We're going to stay standing for the reading of the word, and we're going to read from Exodus today. Going to the good Old Testament for 4th of July. We're going to Exodus 8, verse 1. You can read along with me on the screen. It says, seven days after, seven days passed after the Lord struck the Nile. Then the Lord said to Moses, go to Pharaoh and say to him, this is what the Lord says. Let my people go so that they may worship me. If you refuse to let them go, I will send a plague of frogs on your whole country. The Nile will teem with frogs. They will come up into your palace and your bedroom, onto your bed, into the houses of your officials and on your people, and into the ovens and kneading troughs. The frogs will come up on you and your people and all your officials. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, stretch out your hand with your staff over the streams and canals and ponds and make frogs come up on the land of Egypt. So Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt and the frogs came up and covered the land. But the magicians did the same things by their secret arts. They also made frogs come up on the land of Egypt. Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron in and said, pray to the Lord to take the frogs away from me and my people and I will let your people go to offer sacrifices to the Lord. Moses said to Pharaoh, I leave to you the honor of setting the time for me to pray for you and your officials and your people that you and your houses may be rid of the frogs except those that remain in the Nile. Tomorrow, Pharaoh said, we're almost there. Moses replied, it will be as you say, so that you may know there is no one like the Lord our God. The frogs will leave you in your houses and your officials and people, and they will remain only in the Nile. After Moses and Aaron left Pharaoh, Moses cried out to the Lord about the frogs, and the Lord did what Moses asked. The frogs died in the houses, in the courtyards, and in the fields. They were piled into heaps, and the land reeked of them. But when Pharaoh saw that there was relief, he hardened his heart and would not listen to Moses and Aaron, just as the Lord said. God, I pray that you would speak through me today to speak to your people, God. Whatever they may hear, Lord, let them hear from you today. Let us leave this place. Let us leave changed and transformed and renewed in your presence that we can walk in the wholeness and freedom that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated in his presence. 
Turn to your neighbor and say, there were a lot of frogs. There was a lot of frogs. This morning, we are going to dive into the scripture that we just read, the scripture that we've talked about, and we're going to go into some backstory of that and learn more about it, get a full picture of what God is speaking through that scripture. And then I have three points for you today. So you can go ahead and get your Bibles and notebooks and pens out. We are a note-taking church. We take the word of God seriously. And we are also a loud church, if you haven't heard yet. We love to get excited about the things of God. And this is nothing less, nothing else, but we love to get excited about what God is doing, what he's speaking. So backstory is we're looking at the Israelites and they are in slavery. They have been in slavery for 430 years. They have been in captivity. They've been in bondage and they are living in this slave life. And it's not a good life, right? We know that they were treated poorly, that it was an awful life. And they were crying out to God to set them free, to be free from slavery. So they were crying out to God and Pharaoh's heart was extremely hard. His heart was so hard. He didn't care that they were being treated poorly. He didn't care that they were slaves. So his heart was so hard, he wouldn't let them go. And it's been 430 years. They've been slaves for a long time. So they just kept in this life and being slaves. So God sent the 10 plagues to Pharaoh to soften his heart so that he would let the children of Israel go. So the first plague was he turned water into blood. Not water into wine, but water into blood. The Nile River was blood. All the streams and canals were blood. It said all the fish in the river died, and the whole land smelt of blood. And then the 10th plague, the last plague, was the Passover, where they would have to mark their door with the lamb's blood, make a sacrifice, and they would pass over it. If they didn't do that, the firstborn son would die. So God was serious about these 10 plagues, and he was trying to soften Pharaoh's heart. So the second plague that we're picking up in today is the plague of frogs, the plague of frogs. And we know that they were everywhere. They were in their beds, in their houses. They were in the ovens when they cooked. They were everywhere, it said. And if you ever wonder what kind of God our God is like, he's the kind of God to send a plague of frogs. Because that first plague was pretty epic in my mind, like water into blood. That's cool. It's crazy. Not cool for them. But it was really crazy. So I can imagine, like, God and the angels in heaven, like, what should the next plague be? Like, it said they had seven days. So they're, like, talking, like, what should the next plague be? And if I was an angel, I would be like, bombs or, like, fire, like, something super epic, God. And God is like, frogs. Let's send a plague of frogs to the people. And he said that they sent so many that they were stacked up when they died. They were stacked up in piles, and they reeked, and they smelt up the whole country. And I'm sure you're just thinking right now, I'm so glad I came to church to hear about the frogs that reeked and stunk up the country. But there was a purpose. There was a purpose for the plagues. There was a purpose for the frogs. There was a purpose for you being here today on the 4th of July. God has a purpose for your life. And that's what today is all about. And Moses, they were going through this, and it says that the plagues were to serve at least two purposes. So at least two was one to show the Israelites 
that the God of their fathers was alive and worthy to be worshipped. And then the second reason was to show the Egyptians that their gods were nothing. Their gods were not real because they worshipped all these fake gods and goddesses, fake idols. And he was showing them that their God, the God of Israelites, was alive and worthy, but then the Egyptians' gods were fake because they worshipped all of these, and that's why there was a purpose for the frogs because every plague was tied to an idol or a god or a goddess that they worshipped. So the frog was representative of the frog-headed goddess Heket. Heket was the goddess of birth, the goddess of fertility. So people would go to Heket and worship her and pray for babies or pray for protection. And that was the purpose for the frogs. So there was always a purpose. And they worshipped all these fake gods and goddesses. And it gets to the point in the story where the frogs are too much. They're over it. And I'm not much of an animal person, so in like five minutes, I would probably be like, I'm done. Get these frogs. I'll let your people go. But Pharaoh, something happened in between because it said that there were frogs everywhere, and then all of a sudden he called Moses and Aaron in to get rid of the frogs. So I'm like, what happened in that in between? I think I think that Pharaoh's wife probably came into the picture. She probably came in and was like, honey, this has got to stop. Like, you smell of frogs. I smell like frogs. There's frogs in my bathtub when I'm trying to take a shower. There's frogs everywhere. Because the only thing worse than a plague of frogs is a nagging woman. So she came in, and I think she told Pharaoh, this has got to stop, right? So Pharaoh calls Moses and Aaron in and says, we've got to stop it. The frogs have got to go. And this is where it takes a turn. It gets a little weird because watch this. Moses says, absolutely, God is ready to take care of the frogs. God wants to get rid of the frogs. God wants to help you. God is able. God is willing. I just need you to tell me when to pray. We have a problem. We have a God that can fix it. We just need to know when to pray to fix the problem. And Moses says, give us the honor. And Pharaoh responds, and it's the weirdest verse in the Bible. Pharaoh responds and says, tomorrow. He says, tomorrow. Pharaoh wanted to spend one more night with the frogs. Why did he want to spend another night with the frogs? Why would he put up with that? And the question for us today is not why Pharaoh wanted to spend another night with the frogs, but why do we, what are the frogs that we're carrying into church, into our house every day that God is able and willing to set us free from, that he wants to get rid of, but we're saying, I'll deal with that tomorrow. I'll get healing from that tomorrow. We go to service week after week. We listen to podcasts and we read book after book. We seek wise counsel and We hear the sermon on anger. We hear it on anxiety. We hear it on fear. We hear it on unforgiveness. And we say, oh, man, that's for me. That's me. And I'm going to do it tomorrow. I'll fix that. I'll work on that. I'll get better at that tomorrow. I'm going to get fit, and I'm going to get healthy. And when am I going to do it? Tomorrow. And we put things off tomorrow when God is saying, I'm ready. I'm ready and able and willing to do it right now but we put it off to tomorrow. And tomorrow actually never comes because tomorrow is always a future tense. So when we step into tomorrow, it's now today. Yeah. 
So now today is here and tomorrow is still tomorrow and it never actually comes. So we think we're deciding to fix it, but just deciding to fix something isn't really fixing it. So 20 years later, we have the same frogs. We have the same insecurities. We have the same fears when God wants to set us free. And on this 4th of July, I believe so many people will be set free today, will receive the freedom of Christ, will receive what God has for us because he has so much more for us. Pharaoh spent one more night with the frogs. He wanted the frogs that didn't belong to stay for one more night, things that didn't belong in his house. Last year, Josh's parents had a family of raccoons in their basement. There was four raccoons down there, and we had ran into them, and it was terrifying. And they, <laughs> we don't think they were there for very long, just a few hours, but they were in the basement. We were like, we have to get these out. So his dad is like, okay, you guys got this. I'm going back inside. So we create like a whole path of their tubs and boxes, and we're like guiding the raccoons, and we make a path to the back door, and we take them out, and I, there's a video of me with a broom guiding that, and yes, we take videos, we're 24, so in every situation, especially the stressful ones, right, we take videos, so we were taking a video, and there's a video of me guiding the raccoon out with the broom saying, you do not belong, this is not your home, you need to leave, and I thought, why don't we do that to our own hearts, to our own lives? This thought does not belong. This does not belong in my heart. When those fears come in, when those insecure thoughts come in, when it comes in, we say, you do not belong. You have to leave. You have to get out. This is not your house. This is the temple of God. This is where he belongs, where he resides. We said, you have got to get out. What are we allowing, what are we tolerating that doesn't belong? That we say, I'll do one more night. I'll do one more night with the frogs. And church, I want you to hear me. This word is not to condemn us or to say you have to be perfect or there's no grace or you have to have your life all together right now. But this is to release the power of the Holy Spirit to say that God wants you to live a life of freedom. That God has so much more for you today. That you don't have to leave these doors the same, carrying the same burdens, carrying the same fears. But we can leave changed today. And I believe that God is doing that and that he's working in our lives. And I want to share just three points with you. Three thoughts and the first thought is, what you refuse to address, you endorse. What you refuse to address, you endorse. Ignorance is not bliss. We can't just pretend that it's not there, that it's not happening. We can't ignore it until it's gone. I wonder if they just tried to work around the frogs, cook in the kitchen around the frogs. Maybe they got just so used to them, they started to name them. Like, oh, that one's Eddie. He likes to hang out in the bathtub. Or Natasha, she's in the shower all the time. And they just got used to it. They adapted to the frogs. And we do that too. We adapt to brokenness. We adapt to insecurities. We allow things to just become normal in our life when God is saying that wasn't part of the plan. That wasn't supposed to be normal to you. 
but I have more for you. I, about a year and a half ago, two years, I started having really bad jaw pain. I woke up one morning, and I had been grinding at night, and I didn't know it. So I woke up, and my jaw was locked, and I couldn't open it. I had to Google on my phone, how do you unlock a locked jaw? So I found out how, and I just pushed it down, and once I pushed it down, it started popping, and it would pop every time I ate or chewed or laughed, and it was extremely painful for so long, for over a year, and it was so painful. I was going to chiropractors. I was going to the orthodontist. I was going to all these different people trying to fix it, trying to get pain, but it took so long, I just thought that the pain was now normal. I thought that a popping jaw was normal. When people would say, oh, my jaw doesn't pop or I don't have jaw pain, I was like, that's weird that you don't have that pain because I thought it was normal. I thought that was how life was just always going to be. And then we went to Israel, and we went to Israel last year, and the Dead Sea is known for healing people, for going into it and being healed when you come out. So I was in the Dead Sea, and I put my face under the water, and that whole trip, the five, six days that we had been there, it had been so bad. My jaw was hurting. It was so painful. And I put it under the water, and I came out, and instantly all the pain was gone. It was completely gone, and I haven't had any pain since. I haven't had anything. I went back to my orthodontist, and I was like, I don't know. I'm healed. It happened in the Dead Sea. I was like, you can do the next couple treatments, but I don't need them because God healed me. And he healed me, but I thought that that pain was normal. When I was healed, I couldn't even believe. I was like, wow, this is how it should have been all along. I shouldn't have been walking around with pain, walking around with this injury, but God has more. We grow accustomed to the brokenness. We adapt to the things that are in our life, the toxic cycles that maybe someone has spoken over you or your parents did and you thought that was just the way that it should be. But we adapt to it and God says, I have more. I have freedom for you. So if you don't address it, then you endorse it. Because I didn't address my jaw. I was basically putting up with it. I was approving that it was there, that it was happening. For years, I endorsed it and I approved of it. The second point is that your freedom impacts future generations. Your freedom impacts future generations. It's not just about you. There is so much more to your freedom. Because when you get free, your children will be free. You, their children will be free. Your coworkers will be free. Your family and friends will be free. Because generational curses are a real thing. And God is saying, I want to free you from this so your children don't struggle with the same thing. I want you to be free so you can free other people. Just like Pastor Landon always teaches us, a free man can free other men. Only a free woman can free other women. We have to be free so that we can free other people, so we can lead them to Christ. The saddest verse in the Bible, I think, is Judges 2.10. Judges 2.10 is right after Joshua and that whole generation passed away and, it, and they died. It says, the next generation grew up and didn't know God and didn't know the miracles that they had done, that God had done. Because Joshua had heard and seen all these amazing things, the Red Sea parting, the walls of Jericho fall down, but they failed because the next generation didn't know God, didn't know what he had done. 
So our freedom impacts so much more than we think. Our freedom will change the lives around us. The third thought, the third thought today is Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the only answer. Remember in Sunday school when they would ask you a question, and if you didn't know the answer, you would just say, Jesus. And the teacher's like, yes. Like, if that is the right answer, Jesus is always the right answer. He's always the answer, and he is the only one that will satisfy the brokenness, the longing, the hurt that we, ha- the hurt that we have, what we're dealing with, what we're struggling with. Jesus is the only answer. And he will always be, only through a relationship with Christ, with God. God was the only one that could get rid of the frogs, and he did it. God was the only one that could get rid of your brokenness. God was the only one that could heal you. God is the only one, and he is always the answer. Pharaoh hardened his heart, and he missed the miracle. He missed what God was doing. So today, I pray that you would just open your heart, that we would open our heart for what God has for us, for what he wants to give to him, to release to him. It could be the frog of control, the frog of depression, the frog of anxiety, the frog of fear. Whatever it may be, he wants us to give it to him, for him to take it away. Because after Pharaoh saw that there was relief, he hardened his heart. How many times do we do that? We pray to God, fix my solution, fix my problem, give me the answer. And then once he does it, we're like, oh, that's, it's all good. I don't need you anymore. But he's calling us for a relationship, to live a life of freedom. So stand with me, Bridge Church. We're going to pray. And right now, this is your moment. This is your time where you can give things to God, where you can release the frogs that you've been feeling, that you've been holding on to, things that were never meant for you to carry. His word says that his burden is easy, right? His yoke is light. And he wants you to take on his yoke today that's light, that he can carry your burden, that whatever you're going through, that you can release it to him. So right now with our eyes closed, God, we release our frogs to you, Lord. We release the things, God, that we're carrying, that we feel like we have to make it happen on our own, the business, the marriage, the children, the family, God. We release them to you right now, God. If you have any frog that you want to release right now, lift your hand, lift your hand and release it to God right now. We thank you, Jesus, that every hand that is raised, every heart that is open right now, we would release the frogs to you, God, that you would take control of our situation, God, that you would make a way where there was no way, God, and allow us to live in the freedom of Christ that you intended for us, God. You have a life of freedom that we want to receive today. And right now, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. The Holy Spirit is telling you things that you need to release to him, things that you need to let go, that the frogs that you need to drop, the frogs that you can give to the Lord. We thank you, Jesus, that you are moving in this place, that your Holy Spirit is here, and that people will leave free today, God. That people will leave free, and they will live and leave today, God, knowing that you are always with us and that the Holy Spirit is equipping us to walk out every day. We thank you, Jesus, for your freedom. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, Bridge Church.
today free. Leave today, go to the barbecues, hang out with family, go do all these things and know that you are free. That God has so much more for you and that he has the life of freedom. So leave the frogs here. They're not leaving these doors with you. When I was praying a couple days ago for every person that would sit in these seats, I saw frogs on the ground. I saw frogs dead, trampled over, frogs that are done. And people are leaving their frogs today. So thank you so much for joining us on the 4th of July Sunday with Bridge Church. Make sure to stay connected this week, Tuesday night prayer and midweek and then Sunday. We do have popsicles for you. So if you want a popsicle, make sure to grab a popsicle. And our prayer team will also be down here at the front. So if you have frogs that you want to leave or a victory that you want to pray for or you gave your heart to Christ today, come down to the front and get prayer with our prayer team. So let's speak this bridge declaration, believe it, and have an amazing week. I am a bridge builder. This is my season of favor. I am blessed to live my best. I will choose to love him first. I will worship fully, love deeply, and my community will thrive because I am praying for it. I am a carrier of peace. I will represent God's gentleness to myself and others. We're so glad you joined us today. If you made a spiritual decision, whether that was dedicating your life to Christ or rededicating your life to Christ, send us an email at info at weirbridge.church and let us know you made that spiritual decision. Also, if you're joining our Bridge Church family online for the first time, we have a very special gift for you. Send us an email at info at weirbridge.church to share some information on where we can send you that gift. We're so glad you joined us today, and we can't wait to see you soon. Be sure to stay connected, because we're so much better. Together. together.